you know, obviously you guys are touring the states for the first time, and uh, no, no, third time. third time. Satan has really. Yeah, yeah, this is the third time. Maybe talk about your tour, and I did not know you toured over here, so maybe talk a bit about that. Um, yeah, we've been here uh, twice before. Uh, the um, the first time, I, 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 you know, honestly, I cannot remember the years now, um, but uh, this is the third time we've been over here, right. um, and it's progressively got much much better as we've gone. Uh, a lot more people have come along to see us, uh, um, and you know, it, it's it's great. I, it's we've wanted to play in the states for a long time, so um, you know, getting the opportunity to do that is right. uh, is quite remarkable. And you know, I think um, we're probably the first. Uh, heavy metal band from Newcastle or possibly even England that's played the whiskey three times so so that's that's kind of you know a record that we're quite proud of right now now it's interesting um, have you ever played in Cleveland before is this the first time being here uh, no I'm pretty sure we've played in Cleveland before but okay. again uh, you know when you're on tour everything becomes a blur right. and once it's over you don't kind of dwell on it and look back on it you've got to move forward all the time I'm fairly sure that we have played in Cleveland before though right. So one of the things I think is interesting is the fact that this band reformed. I know Steve was in Skyclad for a long time and and uh, obviously playing with the band still and putting out records. And uh, but what led to this band reforming? I, I know you, you know and, and you know it's interesting because I consider Courtney Axe still one of the more iconic New Wave British Heavy Metal albums. And talk about how this band decided, hey, let's get back together and do this again. You know, to understand that. You have to understand what was actually going on in the band at the time, um, back in 1983-84. And, you know, um, we had a lot of, uh, well, I'm, I was going to say we had a lot of bad press. We didn't. We had bad press from, from uh, Kerrang! magazine in England and from Archok magazine in Holland. Um, they didn't like Court in the Act at all, either Either of those two magazines. Um, both magazines had been quite supportive up to that point, um, and they absolutely crucified us in the, in the magazine. Um, and that kind of brought a bit of unrest within the band. Not with each other, it's just it kind of made people in the band think, are we doing this right? Are we doing, is there something we're doing wrong? Is there something we could do better? Um, and the suggestion was, that we changed the name of the band and changed the kind of music that we played to make it more palatable, if you like, to or more acceptable right. to the general public, particularly in America. And we, I, I totally disagreed with that sentiment. I didn't think we should change at all because I thought the court in the act was uh, was a great album, and I thought that we should carry on and and, and follow it up. And also, I thought that, that that Satan as a name should remain. The rest of the guys didn't agree, so we went our separate ways. It, there was no great bust up. There was nothing. There was no angriness or anything like that at all. We we, we parted company on the, as as best of friends, um, and went on to do other things. I went on to you know reform Blitzkrieg and and uh, you know did did lots of stuff with Blitzkrieg albums and tours and everything else. Right. Um, Skyclad with Steve, you know, um, and you know we all we all did our own thing, but we all all agreed that one day we would get back together. Um, when the time was right, um, or, you know, whatever. They, they carried on and they did what they wanted to do. They changed the name to Blind Fury, they brought out an album, and, and so on, and they went from there. They, they went back to being Satan for a little while with, uh, with Michael Jackson, 
Um, but I think what people really wanted, if it was going to be Satan, they wanted the five of us that was on the court in the act album. And, you know, at times we, we, we spoke about it and, and said, yeah, let's do it. And then one person said, no, I can't, I'm doing this. Then it just happened. It just happened. 28 years after breaking up, we got back together. And I, th I think that was quite poignant because 28 years in England, I don't know what it is in the States, but 28 years in England is a life sentence which is why the album is called Life Sentence, you know? Um, and it's kind of, um, you know, we went with that idea and, we, and what we wanted to do was write the album that we maybe should have done back in 1984. So we all listened to Caught in the Act constantly for months. Everywhere I went, it was on the car stereo. In the house, it was on the car stereo. It drive my wife nuts, you know? Um, but we wanted to get our heads into the way we were thinking at the time of writing that album and we wanted to follow it. What would have been the album that we would have written back in 1984? And that's what Life Sentence is. Right. After we'd done that, then we kind of just thought, right, let's, let's move into other areas. But that kind of answers your question of why we got back together. It was always there. The door had never closed completely. We always agreed that we would do it one day. And, you know, we eventually got around to doing it. So, so what's great about this is that all three of these records, I'm not going to lie to you, have been very, very strong albums. And I've always equated a lot of bands that have been around, you know, 20, 30 years, guys, or maybe not bands that have been around, but guys that have been doing this a long time. It seems that the more experience they have, the better a lot of these records seem to be coming out. And I'm talking about, you know, bands that came through, even came through when you were coming up. Like Saxon's a good example of a band that just keeps going, you know, and... And, and, you know, I just think of them, they're just an example. Or Motorhead kept putting out great records. Yeah. And, and a lot of these older bands really have been putting out great albums. So what do you attribute to that? You know, is it the experience? Is it, you know, maybe talk a bit about that a little bit. I honestly don't know. You know, I mean, Saxon were around, still around, were around. They've never gone away. Right. Iron Maiden, exactly the same. But Satan went away for 28 years. We didn't work together for 28 years. And then we came back. And you know, I'll tell you something. The very first rehearsal, when we got back together, we went out for a drink first of all and said, right guys, we're all together, we've got some time, Can't, shall we do this now? And we all agreed that the time was right. So we agreed that the following week, we would get together and have a rehearsal and go through court in the act. We did it, and you would think we'd never been apart. That is the secret for Satan. I don't know what it is for anybody else, but you put the five of us in a room together, no matter how long we've been apart, right. and it works. It just works. I wish I could bottle it and sell it. I would make a fortune. I swear to God. Um, but, you know, you just put the five of us together, and I, I said at the time, this feels like it was just yesterday we were doing this, and everybody felt exactly the same way. Right. It just works, you know. Well, I, I attribute the musical chemistry. I mean, there's guys that, yeah. whether they love each other or hate each other, yeah. they had musical chemistry. And I, I mean, uh, you know, I'm just going to throw an example out there. You know, Richie Blackmore and Ian Gillen had great musical chemistry, and they hated each other. But when you got back into a room with, with you, or Iron Maiden getting back with Bruce, I mean, you just have that back. And I feel that in these records. Yeah, exactly. And that is, ex I couldn't have put it better myself, really. A chemistry is the, is the secret of it all. And as you said, it's like, you know, everybody, I'm pretty sure, would love to see Ian Gillen and, um, and Richie Blackmore back together one more time, you know. And maybe they will, maybe they won't, I don't know. But it is a chemistry. And irrespective of what you feel of, about anybody, 
if that chemistry is there, it is going to work, irrespective. It just so happens that we're all the best of friends anyway. And, you know, we all love each other daily. And it, that's, that's, that's a fantastic thing, really, that, that we can do that. But even if we hated each other, that chemistry would still be there. Now, in my opinion, the New Weber British Heavy Metal, which is what you were a big part of, is considered, in my opinion, probably the one of the most important things that really led to this kind of music being what it is today. I mean, so many bands were influenced by guys like yourself coming up through the scene. And when you go and look back at that, as great of a scene as that was, you know, did you expect that, you know, Blitzkrieg being as influential on, say, Metallica, for example, or even Satan, actually, that Courtney Act album is considered by a lot of bands uh, a very influential record because it was a lot more progressive than, say, what a lot of those bands are playing and did you expect that the scene you were a part of really to turn into what it did no not at all i mean you know at, at the time um you know 1980 we were all doing it we were you know blitzkrieg was coming through saxon had been around for a, little, a while iron maiden was coming through all of these bands samson um you know they were all they were all sort of doing what they wanted to do and it the, the term new wave of british heavy metal came a little later I think it was sometime in 1981 that that was coined. But, you know, it was, a, it was a thing that we were all doing. And, you know, like Blitzkrieg, for instance, we were, we were put together. And uh, Jim, one guitarist, uh, Jim Serotto, he was a massive Deep Purple Led Zeppelin fan. And Ian Jones, the other guitar player, was a massive Judas Priest fan. And when you put those, two in, those influences together with those two guitar players, that created what was the Blitzkrieg sound. And that... that that was something that we were all going to be doing, you know, and we, we, went out, we set out to do that. When we were kind of thrown into the, to the, to the hat, if you like, of, of, oh, someone came up with this phrase, new wave of British heavy metal. That's cool. I mean, all we ever wanted to be was a, a classic British metal band. And, you know, I know there was a lot of bands came after that and became um, and went into being new wave of British heavy metal bands from the very beginning. But we were around before that. You know, and it was kind of, we saw it coming. I'd, I'd seen it coming for a few years, really. I mean, I was in a band called Anvil, believe it or not, um, originally, when I first moved to Leicester uh, in England. Um, and, you know, I'd been saying to the guys, look, we're good, because we did a lot of stuff that was kind of like free and bad company. Right. Said, look, guys, if we want to survive in this music business, we're going to have to heavy up because I can see this coming. The punk bands were starting to, to sort of, die out a little but the ones that remained were getting heavier right. um, and other bands like Saxon were coming through and they didn't agree they, they didn't agree at all so we parted company and that pretty wasn't on, on good terms <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know um, and I spotted an advert in a shop window um, vocalist needed for a, a heavy metal band and it was it, so I went for it that was Blitzkrieg you know and, and it kind of went on from there but Metallica um, you know we're always huge fans and I remember way way back um, getting a, a, a cassette tape in the post it was the No Life Till Leather demo and that came from Lars and he, he sent me a, this demo and he's, uh, in, the, in the letter it said, once you've listened to the demo, and uh, you know, you can tell me what you think of it, flip it over and listen to the other side. Well, apparently there's nothing on, on the other side for anybody else, but on, he'd recorded um, when, one night when uh, Metallica played in San Francisco, they played Inferno, Blitzkrieg, and, and Armageddon. Um, three Blitzkrieg songs. Yeah. Um, I was blown away. I thought, this is, this is incredible, you know. 
Um, and you know, it, 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 it's, it really is, still is, quite flattering when someone does that. It doesn't matter who they are, whether it's Metallic or, or, or a band from down the road. If they do a cover of your song, it means that because they care, they, they like what you're doing. And that is quite flattering, really. Right. You know, you know, back in, you know, say the early 80s, you know, there were a lot of labels that were very considered very important. You know, over here you had Metal Blade and Megaforce. Um, in Europe you had Noise Records, which was pretty big. But when you guys were around, it was Neat Records was actually the label. And and not many people really talk about any of those. Talk about them, for example. Maybe talk about the importance of that record label and what they played in the scene that you came up in. Well, you know, Neat Records were, um, were probably the most important one in England. There was also heavy metal records of, um, on, a, on, a, on a lesser scale. Um, but you know, Neat Records were the, was the label that everybody wanted to be on, uh, which is really quite remarkable because if you, if you actually get a co- hold of a copy of the first two Neat singles, they're nothing to do with heavy metal at all. Um, Neat One, uh, I think, is some little girl that uh, her dad paid for her to go into the studio to make her own record because that was one of her... Um, big things that she wanted to do. The second one, I'm, I, it escapes me what it is, but um, the third one, of course, was uh, it was either Raven or, or, or Fist, I can't remember which it was, but from that point on, um, it was heavy metal all the way. They even had a sister label, heavy, you know, uh, which was, uh, what the hell was it called? I can't remember, but there was, um, I, there was a couple of bands on, on the sister label, um, which came kind of then they they kind of dropped that and it just became neat records but uh when it all started it was it was called actually neat and tidy um i don't know why they came up with that title but that's that's the way it was and then they just shortened it to neat records right but they were the label that everybody wanted to be on and it was you know in england newcastle because of that became known as the metal city Right. Um, and everybody that was anybody wanted to be on Nate Records. Metallica wanted to be on Nate Records, which is why they sent me that demo. Um, would I play it to the guys at Nate Records and see if I could get them a, you know, a deal with Nate Records? I played it to them. They, they said, you're going to love this, right? They will never amount to anything. <laughs> and I reminded Dave Wood of Nate Records of that a few years ago. And he said, I know. <laughs> You know, but that, that, that was the thing. Everybody wanted to be on Neat Records, me included, you know. So, you know, it was, it's, it's one of those things that um, it started out just as a sort of a, I guess, a, you know, he was, he, Dave Wood was just trying out the, the market. And I think he saw this niche of a lot of these heavy metal bands around and he, right. could, he could see what it was going to be. He's a businessman. He, you know, it, he doesn't like the music. He never did. And he still doesn't. But he recognized that there was something happening and he wanted to be part of it. And so he turned his label over to right. recording Fist, you know, Venom, Blitzkrieg, yep. you know, everybody that was anybody got, got, got in there and, and we, you know, we just made it our home basically. Right. Now, a couple of guys that I've always spoken to, you know, really for part of that scene, a lot of people said Motorhead had a big influence on them. And for you guys coming up, because they kind of came, you know, mid 70s, but yeah. they were playing at up tempo type of heavy metal. Did they have a profound impact on, you know, the scene that, you know, the, the new wave of British heavy metal? I think on the, on the new wave of British heavy metal in general, it probably did. On Blitzkrieg, not at all. No. Uh, we were influenced by. Um, Ian Gillen for me and Rob Halford 
Uh, again, it was the influences of Deep Purple and, uh, and, 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 and Judas Priest. And if you mix those two things together, what did you get? You got Blitzkrieg. That, that was Blitzkrieg's sound. Um, but I think a lot of bands were massively influenced by uh, Motorhead and Venom, I think, would probably be one of the first that would, would say, yes, we were influenced greatly by that. Right. Um, and I think uh, it shows in their music. And um, we all sort of, you know, set out our table and say, to say, this is what we are and this is what we're influenced by. And, you know, different people have different things. As I said, we, we kind of, Blitzkrieg came around before uh, the new wave was, was, was actually coined. And same with Satan. They, they came up as well. You know, and I, I remember um, Satan coming to see Blitzkrieg when we played at the the Mayfair Club in in, in Newcastle, because uh, at that time we were still based in Leicester. And uh, Satan came along and they introduced themselves to me, and I I can still remember that that to this day. I mean, I didn't know who they were then, but right. you know, um, and they they gave me a copy of their single that they they just done it at Guardian Record label. Right. And when I got home, I listened to it and I thought, this band's got something, you know. Um, so, but it wasn't until a few years later before we actually got together and did anything. But. Right, it was interesting. I got a couple more questions for you. So it was interesting because I found out about you guys, believe it or not, the band that was a band that covered you was Blind Guardian, did a cover of Trial yeah, by Fire. And, uh, you know, they're really good friends of mine, actually. And, and you know, it, it's interesting because when I heard Courtney act, I could hear, to me, I heard a lot of that progressiveness that really... Just, just really, I heard in later a lot of these power metal bands that came out in Europe, and it seemed to have that big of an impact. Yeah, I think a lot of bands were kind of influenced by uh, what we were doing with Satan, and uh, you know, you'd, you'd get uh, people coming up to you saying, "Wow, you know, we were massively influenced by that." And you know, although most of them didn't do cover versions, they were still influenced by what we were doing, and they were trying to emulate that. And that was that. that I think that that's a massive compliment, you know. Right. By any by any standards, really, to have another musician come to you and say that they've influenced you in any way whatsoever is a huge thing, and I I think that's amazing. And it, you know that would be my one thing if I could um, leave that legacy um, and have young bands coming through, and and if they were influenced by anything that I've done, um, and they carry on after I've gone, after I've left, I'm no longer doing it anymore, uh, then. That, that would be just the greatest thing ever. It's a legacy that you hand over to a, to a younger generation, and I think that's a fantastic thing. Awesome. Um, you know, and, and I guess my second to last question is, obviously, this new album, I think, is very, very good. Uh, and you guys really keep kind of throwing the twists and turns in here, you know, as far as this goes. But maybe talk a bit about this new record. I didn't touch on it much, but, you know, talk about the new album, Cruel Magic, a little bit. Well, Cruel Magic is is obviously the latest album, and it's 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 something that we've been kind of working on for quite a while. Um, some of the you know some of the ideas we actually had for the previous album, not songs because they weren't formulated into songs at that point, just ideas where um, we'd come up with an idea for a riff or a few lines of a lyric or or whatever, um, and we kind of built on that and worked on it and and and. Uh, um, and formulated it into what it became. And it, it was just something that we wanted to do. Um, we wanted to, first and foremost, um, keep the, the theme going that, that, that Satan kind of put forward, which is, uh, you know, about 
things like, I don't know, injustice and, and stuff like that, without it being sort of linked to the courtroom situation, which the, all of the other albums are. It kind of moved away from that a little. So um, so it was, it's, it was a brand new start if, for us, really. And it's... Uh, it was a it was a great album, you know. Once we'd finished it, and we thought, "Is this a little bit too out there? Is, are people going to like this?" And, and we weren't sure, uh, but we're delighted to find that they are liking it, and that's that made, that's kind of made it all worthwhile. And it's uh, but we had such a great time writing it, really. Uh, my last question for you, then I want to have you do a quick station ID for me, is. No, any last words to say to the fans that are going to be checking this uh, interview out? Um, yeah, I mean, it's nice that you guys are still around. Um, obviously, uh, you know, a lot of fans were still around from the court in the act days. But throughout the years, we've picked up new fans. Um, obviously, you look into an audience and you see younger fans. I, I th I'm absolutely heartwarmed by that, and I think, you know, it's nice to see younger people are getting into what we're doing. So it, it means that we have a purpose and we, we are relevant, and I think that is fantastic. So I thank you very much for being there for us. Awesome.